Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Rumination, 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program, featuring information on health and housing services, as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855 AM. For 10 days in November, Defend and Extend's public housing will be campaigning on the steps of Parliament House to make public housing an election issue. Public housing, everybody's business. Join us anytime from Wednesday the 14th of November, that's midday the 14th of November, to Saturday midnight the 24th of November and put the spotlight on public housing this Victorian state election. Use Victoria's stamp duty revenue approximately $6 billion plus per year for public housing. House 1 million Victorians by 2029. Public housing, everybody's business. Join us. Bring tea, bring coffee, bring cakes, bring food, bring your musical instruments and most importantly of all, bring yourself and your sleeping bag. Good afternoon and we're live here on the steps of Parliament House for Joseph Toscano's 10 Days in November public housing parliamentary vigil. Is it just just your uh, uh, protest, Joe, or is everyone doing it? You're not here by yourself. Lots of people started coming. We've got so much food, we have to give it to the food bank. How's that? But in any case, you're listening to uh, Ruminations here for a special live broadcast for the next hour with Kelly and Spike. We'll take you through and we're going to rustle up a whole bunch of people to come and uh, speak about public housing and homelessness and what it means to them. And we would particularly like to speak to some of the great women that have been here the last eight days. Let's give them a round of applause. You're absolute legends. So Ruminations is a peer homeless issues program. It's produced and presented uh, by people who have experienced homelessness. And some of us are still currently homeless. Uh, We broadcast every Thursday um, at noon from the lands of the uh, Wurundjeri people. So happy to show solidarity and get behind anarchist organising and get the job done. So have you had a lived experience of homelessness? Well, I've been homeless since Christmas Eve last year. So 11 months in this um, particular run of um, being homeless. But I'm lucky because I've got friends and family and a supportive community. So um, it's sort of, 
in order to do sort of political um, activities as well, it's sort of been beneficial for me to be able to have the, you know, freedom to travel around. But not everyone is like that, and and that's why I'm here to show solidarity for those that have no voice and don't. It's not. It's just a, it's a fundamental human right for everyone to have housing. So yeah. it's so important, you know. And we're all just one step away from it. So you know, people walk past and just don't. They just sort of ignore it and think, oh, it won't happen to me. I don't know anyone, but. You know, they're just sort of, if they lost their job through any reason whatsoever, um, you know, mental health or physical, you know, things can happen or a family breakup or, you know, things like that happen all the time. And, you know, it's just so important to have affordable housing for people because everybody needs a safe place to sleep. You know, if we could just solve this one problem, then, you know, domestic violence, you know, financial abuse... You know, so many issues in society would just disappear overnight if people just had a safe place to sleep. It's just, it's a human right and we need to uphold that for the people that don't have a voice. So how does it feel being under surveillance 24-7? Well, I don't like it personally because I don't feel that I need to be policed. Um, but, you know, it's not just about me. Um, personally, I, I like a bit of privacy, although you don't get it when you're sleeping rough or sleeping outside. Privacy is just not, not a thing. I actually, because we got soaked the other day and I went behind the barricade there, took my top off and I just had my bra on and there's a CCTV camera and, you know, a few minutes later the PSOs came up to me and said, oh, we can see everything, but... To their, to their, um, they actually said we turned the camera off, so to respect my privacy. But you know, as a woman, we have to deal with so many issues. You know, menstruation. You know, what? There's no public toilets or showers. Like, how, how do people survive? You know, it's just, it's just disgusting, really. That that these basic facilities. I mean, we, if we don't address these issues, you know, it's just. I can't believe it, you know, living in the most livable city and, you know, on earth, like, get real. It's, that's not the case, you know. If that was true, you know, we, sh we wouldn't have this problem, which is, it's just disgusting, you know, to just walk past people and ignore them and put them in the too hard basket. We've had mentally ill people come here over and over and over again. I saw one guy be arrested five times, five times in 48 hours. He's obviously having a psychotic episode and needs help. You know, it's not the PSO's problem. It's not the police's problem. It's our government's problem. This is a political issue. It needs to be addressed. We need to have places for people no matter what, you know, what kind of issues that they face. It's just fundamental. And it, I don't think it's rocket science. I mean, it doesn't take that much to figure it out, you know. I mean, I'm not that well educated, so and I can sort of see it. It's clear as day. So I don't know what these politicians have got their head up their asses. I'm not sure. But it's just wrong, and that's why we're here, to highlight the issue. So, okay, what else? So for you, you mentioned earlier that you've got community. You, you have a community. That your that your lived experience of homelessness is different because you have a community. So you've got you've been here eight days. So for the people, sorry, nine days. For the people that that sleep rough, that that are doing it sort of a chronic rough sleepers, they they don't have that community. That, that, that um, most of the time they're isolated. Have you got a sense for what that might be like? 
Oh, I do, definitely. Like, they're traumatised. You know, they need healing and they need help. Because they sleeping rough that people step around and they, they don't run the hidden face of homelessness, which is 75% women and children. Come on, people, get it together. They're sleeping in cars. They're sleep what they call second-degree homeless. Like, there's degrees of homelessness. You know... They're just, women need support, children. Come on, this is the future here. Like what, so it's happening on a global scale and it's happening here in our city. You know, we're so excited. We're so proud of Melbourne, but me, I'm just, I'm just, it's pathetic. And everywhere we go, you know, the services, the wraparounds, it's a charity industrial complex. It's just as bad and just as destructive. There's money in poverty. There's money in homelessness. People are profiting off this and it's just unconscionable. I just... Honestly, it, it's upsetting because people are human beings, you know, they have the right, they, nobody's asked to be born, you know, we're all put here on this earth and we can share resources, we can help each other. We've proven it here, we've proven it many times in other protests and organisations and it can be done. It's just, you know, just get your shit together, you know, come on, let's do this, let's reform Let's create a better world. Not for me. Not for me. I don't care about me. What about the children? What about all the little children that don't have a future? You know, it's just, how can you live with yourself? How can you go to sleep at night when all this injustice is happening? And homelessness, this is a basic fundamental need on a, on a basic scale. You know, how can we just, oh, I, honestly, it's just, but, you know, I, I've got to see the positive, <laughs> remain positive. And luckily, I've got lots of people around me and supporting me. But, you know what, I've just got housed a few days ago. And now I'm so stressed out about how am I going to find... how? I, well, yeah, I'm still in shock about it. But I'm excited in a way because then I'll be able to, you know commit myself to a few other different causes and try and create a positive peaceful change in the world but now I'm like stressed how am I going to get the bond I've got to jump through all these hoops it's humiliating it's just the, what the hell they want tell, tell us about that tell us about that Trudy how difficult has it been for you to get access to bond and the first month's rent well it's just it's so humiliating I rang Salvo Care yesterday and they they said, you know, at first when I rang them, they said they couldn't help me because my name wasn't on the lease. And I'm like, well, because it's a share house. So I was like, okay, I have to recontact them. And then they're like, okay, we'll put you on the lease. I'm like, all right, so my name's on the lease. But in order for that to happen, they have to communicate with the landlords. And then Salvo Care are going to pay maybe a couple. They might be so generous to help me with two weeks rent. And they want a letter from my landlord. They want... They want to pay the landlord in a form of a rates notice because they don't trust that people are going to use the money to what they say that they're going to do. They're obviously, oh, my God. I mean, they're profiteering and benefiting off this. But me, the underdog who's struggling on study, you know, $550 a fortnight, like, who can live on that? Like, it's not a livable wage. And now I have to come up with all this cash that I don't even have and subject myself to the humiliation of jumping through all these corporate hoops who are profiting off, off my struggle. And not just me, but so many other people. And so I'm, it's stressful. I'm stressful. Were you offered any support to go through the process? No, not at all. And I'm a fairly strong-willed woman and, you know, 
can speak my mind. So I did say to them, I said, this is, this is humiliating. Like, I, I don't understand how you get away with this. But, you know, I tried to do it in a nice way. I'm trying, I'm learning how, to, but it's still, it, it completely stressed me out. So having to deal with this and everything else, I mean, I'm sure I'll get there because I'm a resourceful woman. But what about people that aren't so resourceful and have to, uh, I don't understand. So do, do you think there's enough support? If you were sleeping rough right, right now, how, how would you like to be, a, would you, would you uh, be happy to be approached by an outreach worker? Would you be happy to fill in forms? How, how do you think you could be best helped? No, I have never, I've been homeless several times. Yeah. In the last six years, I've only been housed for nine months. Three and a half years of that, I was on tour, which is a different story. But but the majority of it, no, I I haven't actually ever accessed services because I've I've supported people in that process. But I just thought, no, I'm a big girl, I can sort myself out. Plus, when I have sort of approached it, I've just been given this kind of crazy, scary hoops that I have to jump through. And I'm I'm a human being. I have dignity. And so, is that because of what the process wasn't explained? Well, I just, yeah, I, it's just scary for me. It's like the, I've, I, I kind of know that they're making money off me and, I, and I, that makes me feel sick. Okay. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just magic, wave my magic <laughs> wand and money will appear out of the air or maybe I just have to, you know, humble myself before, you know, before these charity industrial complex machines that just churn people up and spit them out the other side, you know. But... You know, whatever you got to do, you got to keep going, and so there's problem in homelessness, and then there's a problem in the accessing support. Yeah, yeah. it's just a problematic everywhere. Like, how can we not figure this out by now? Like, for real? Like, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, are they getting paid to do this? I'm, I'm a volunteer. Yeah. This is what I do for, you know, because I care, and that's why I get pissed off with politicians and say, how much? What's your paycheck? How much are you getting paid to care? I'm here because I care. Nobody, they can't buy us out, you know. We've been here for nine days. They tried to psych us out. and But you, know, you can't buy me. I'm not for sale, you know. Good on you, Trude. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for a voice. Thank you for a women. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a swapsies. And I want, to, I want everybody to give a big, big round of applause also to Beryl, who's going to come up, who's been here since last Wednesday as well. Come up, Beryl. <laughs> so I know you, but those listening out there and some of the folks that have come down here don't know you. Do you want to introduce yourself, just um, you know who you are and why you've come down here for the last, what, eight days, why it's important to you? My name's Beryl Jarrett and I'm here uh, because I got tied up somehow three years ago with public interest before corporate interest. And it opened my eyes after years in welfare, working down there at Sacred Heart Mission, why all this was happening. We were giving Band-Aid help, you know, trying to give blankets and food and find housing. And I never questioned, why is this all happening? And it wasn't until I retired and got a leaflet in the letterbox saying, why can't our young people get jobs? Why can't we put food on the table, some families? Why is housing so, uh, you know, all these things? And I said, well, why why is it? And I realised now that uh, we've given over what we used to have when I was a young girl, community. We've given that over to the government. The government have then given it over to the corporation. The corporations are nameless, faceless bodies who only care about profits, so there's no community. When I was a girl, 
The neighbours looked after each other's kids. They looked after the women that were being bashed. They got the kid that was disabled a job down the local factory sweeping the floor. It was all done by community. And look, I think the horse has bolted. I think it's going to be impossible to do it through government to bring it all back. The only way, only way to get it back, <coughs> excuse me, is to encourage people to start community. Talk to your neighbours. Talk to the kids that are looking lost. Bring them home. You know, some of the people have come up here in my suburb. People would say, "Oh my God, they look dangerous. They're on ice. They're going to kill us." But they're all somebody's kid, and once you make that connection humanly, call them by name, say, come and have a cuppa, come and sip with us. There's an instant connection and they trust you. And one went to sleep here on the steps is probably the first decent sleep he's had in months because he knows he's protected and he's in a community. So anyone listening, don't start, you know, despairing. Get out there and start your communities. Don't depend on the government and agencies because they're overwhelmed. They're bloody corrupt, a lot of them. And they just can't meet the need. But each person can meet one other person's need in your community. So I'd encourage you to do that. Good on you, Beryl. Good words. And um, how are you stacking up? You've been through a couple of days of pretty wild weather. And you're going to show me some... Oh, yeah, Beryl's grown some muscles from um, holding up the banner. She was telling me yesterday that before she came down here, she had the regular standard um, chicken, chicken, uh, chicken skin arms... Now she's got some muscle. She's an absolute legend. Um, so, yes, checking in on your welfare. Checking in on your welfare. It's been a really tough couple of days. And for those of us who haven't stayed out, we've been thinking about you and feeling pretty crap. Um, how are you... Oh, the microphone just cut out. How are you uh, travelling? I can say I'm travelling not 100% well for a lady my age, but because of community, I'm travelling well because everybody here has supported each other morally cleaning up feeding each other and i just give thanks to the young girls that have really day and night knocked themselves out to keep this camp dry and keep everything dry and i tell you what it's been a battle but i just put my thumbs up to zoe uh, sandra and uh, trudy. trudy they've just been fantastic and that's not to discount the blokes because the blokes have been putting up you know uh, shelter for us and doing all the knots and the tying and joe's been uh, trying to keep us all under control and he's done a beautiful job. Good on you, Beryl. Round of applause for Beryl. You're an absolute dead set legend. And um, we're going to get Sandy up uh, soon as well. But first, we're just going to get uh, Tony to um, chime in. Spike, are you going to keep rolling that ciggy or shall I? Yeah, Spike's doing his rolly. So we've got Tony Creedon here. And Tony uh, is an original Ruminations person who... Participant, host extraordinaire, producer, who's now got his own show, which will be on today. Come on, come in, half hour live local music show. And Tony's been pretty much coming down um, every single day, entertaining people and old time, haven't you? Yes, because we are here socially doing a deed for the betterment of society or bringing people aware to the pitfalls in society. So that's why it's a social deed or a deed socially. I haven't finished with you yet. Don't walk off. So what kind of things have you been seeing the past uh, eight days in terms of homelessness in the city? Well, um, we've had one bloke, Craig, who's been around and he's really been then the only sort of person who's been here consistently or over days and we're doing our best to... A, a cl- accompany him 
in his struggle. Have you seen other people around? Well, I haven't necessarily seen too many homeless people sort of making themselves shown, but that doesn't mean they're not around. They're just, they're just trying to get through doing their own thing. And you find that you end up struggling to do your own thing because you have no support. You're seen by people like Robert Doyle then do his utmost to alienate them. Thank you, Tone. Give it up for Tony. So are you ready to do some microphones, Spike? Spike's just looking for his lighter. Here, I've got one in my waistcoat. So do you want to speak with Zoe? And has Sandy got a wriggle down closer here yet? So I'm going to hand it over to Spike, and Spike's going to have a chat with Zoe, who's been here for the last eight days. Thanks, Scott. Is this working? Yep. All right, hang on. I'll just like... Okay, hi. Um, it's Zoe here. Sandy, do you want to come? You heard me this morning. Um, okay, we're... Okay. So we're speaking to Zoe and... Uh, Sandy. Nice to meet you guys. So nine days. How's it been? Well, it's been hot. It's been cold. It's been raining. It's been uh, amount of people who have occupied or stayed upon the steps of Parliament House for this amount of time. So I, I just want to congratulate him and all the people that have come in, all the people that have uh, stayed, anyone that's contributed, anyone that um, is concerned about what's happening. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, and let's hope this is something that um, <coughs> can progress and, uh, you know, try and relieve and resolve some of these uh, immediate issues because we've got a housing emergency in what they call wraparound services. Now, I don't need a hug. I'm fine. I was put in the street by the bank. I want to go home. Dear... But is that, do you think, for, there's a lot of people that are experiencing rough sleeping where a house, just being housed, is not going to be the answer. So I think a lot of people have mentioned it here today, that community is important. So do you, like, how important is community? Well, it's, 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 ultimately, it's, it's ultimately important. Uh, the, the problem is we've got uh, difficulties um, keeping our housing People that are renting, you know, they're only getting 12-month leases. It's very hard to uh, stay in a community and build a community. And I think this is just causing on-flow of other issues where people are displaced from their communities. You might have people living somewhere for 20 years and suddenly the prices have gone up. There's short-stay rental uh, that, uh, that may um, be more... Um, of interest to a a, 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 a landowner. Um, this, uh, you say, for example, the city of Hobart, many of the local community have been displaced in, in favour of short-term stays. There's enough, there's enough uh, interest in uh, Tasmania uh, 
tourism-wise to displace people? I mean, you've got people such as the gondola operators in Venice. They can't even afford to live in their own city. This is worldwide, global. It's something where economics are destroying communities and we need to get a balance back there. Just down here on site, our um, yeah, sorry folks, our uh, our mic, our speaker keeps cutting out, but hopefully um, on the radio and on the internet, it's going by uh, quite smoothly. It might help if we just hold the mic a little bit away from our mouth. Um, you're going to check in with Zoe now. Yeah. So Zoe, how are you going? Yep, yep, we're still alive. <laughs> we're still alive. We're still here, and we're still uh, maintaining a presence. As that present, as we maintain the presence, and this is for anybody who would like to either join us or um, conduct a similar uh, vigil or protest in this way, it's been extremely effective for raising awareness, not only for um, people experiencing insecurity and homelessness. having just having people here we've had so many people come up who have experienced domestic violence psychiatric disability we've had people um, who are having the same problem as Sandy in terms of payments Uh, we've also had indigenous people come up and show their support for public housing We've had uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of support. I'd, I'd be saying probably 150 people through here over the 10 days. Um, some people who are, who are experiencing homelessness and have experienced it long term have come up um, quietly to uh, support us. A lot of people are know that public housing is the answer but feel very much suppressed by uh, the services to be able to speak out about uh, an obvious solution. Well, I, I think we need... It's, it's, not ju- it's not just services, it's, it's the newspaper, it's the Herald Sun, it's the t- uh, commercial television stations that are constantly disparaging public housing as a solution. Let's understand that this isn't an accident. It's a campaign to make sure that um, people don't don't believe that uh, public housing is a solution. And, and uh, is that in your discussions with people? Has that come up? Definitely, definitely. I've spoken to young and old. By the way, we've our banner reads uh, something like "Public housing is everyone's business," and it bloody well is. We've had young and old here, people from their um, teens to their uh, nearly nineties. Um, come up and talk. I mean, that's the that's the thing that happens when you're here day in day out is that people start talking and people like Beryl. Uh, I already knew about this, but people actually had access to housing um, back in the day, and are advocating that people have access to housing now. Uh, youth uh, have, homelessness, as we know, is increasing, and we've had young people speak about um, their friends who are experiencing homelessness and that housing is needed now. The other thing that's really come to the fore is the community. Now, when you set up a protest like this, and Joe has run it 
spectacularly well. People support one another. That is what happens. How the hell do you think we're able to stay here in the heat and the cold and the hail and bloody holding up that banner in the wind without one another? We cannot do it without one another. So with the media um, encouraging prejudice against people experiencing homelessness, it's just criminal and it's... it's it blames the individual. Not only does that, um, it fails to contextualise or politicise what is actually going on. It is all of our business, and thank you for mentioning what's on the banner. Yeah, public housing is all of our business, and um, it, they, these properties belong to all of us. Yeah. They've been paid for with our money. They belong to us, and Prosper Australia did, uh, did some research a couple of years ago that identified 80,000 empty properties in Victoria. Now, they all weren't public housing properties, but I'm sure there was a huge percentage, you know, probably in, in, in the 20s and 30s that, that were public housing. Does anyone else want to have a yarn? Give it up for Sandy and Zoe. Uh, Sandy spoke for the first time on radio um, the first, first or second day. Zoe just said that uh, Sandy spoke for the first time on radio last week and her son was listening and he was real proud of his mum. Give it up for Sandy. He gave her a onesie sleeping bag. It's tiger print. I've seen it for myself. It's gorgeous. And thanks, Spike, too, for doing that. And I'm now here with Sarah. And Sarah's someone, someone I've met in the past few months. Um, she's another peer who's experienced homelessness. And she um, uh, is interested in building community. And she recently started a free lunch in Coburg. So give it up for Sarah. <laughs> um, are you happy to talk a bit about uh, what would you like to talk about? Mostly at the moment, I'm thinking about how, like, nobody actually believes in anything anymore. Like, you know, the example of Christmas is all about capitalism and making money. All people care about is money and having, like, fancy apartments. They don't actually give a shit about human beings, which is what the issue becomes that we are dehumanised when we're experiencing this stuff, especially the whole, like, being down on the street, so forth. I, I see, like, now I try when I'm talking to people to squat down, you know, to, to try and start challenging these ideas of, like, an us and them mentality. And, um, yeah, it's like, that isn't really going on and then otherwise people I find now with setting up the lunch and we've got like we both it's feeding people but it's also created a community where people come in and do a once a weekly check-in about what's going on in their lives so it, it's like create creating a whole other thing but like other people who are like oh we want to help but how do we help and I'm like man just use your brain hand out your ice creams who knows because the most important thing is to show love show care to other human beings and if we're not having that done anywhere then how are people going to start wanting to change in any way or feeling supported because they're just being pushed away other dehumanized so paint a picture of the Coburg free lunch where does it happen move from the original place because some guy complained about um his, his business losing revenue so we had to move the whole thing but um now that it's moved it's in a parkland and we've set up tables we've got um barbecue beef burgers and we've got halal chicken as well because we're trying to be accommodating towards everyone there's vegetarian and vegan and then gourmet cupcakes there's a lot, nice little network of people and it's a welcome and we've got harm reduction kits we've got care packages and then we also sometimes have support 
services or access to support services. So ones that we've got are job services, NDIS, Brotherhood of St Lawrence, which can help with other financial money, and then um, a few more that I can't fully remember right now. But yeah, so it's it's getting it's getting set up as a as a pretty big thing and just growing in numbers. Now we're connected with from us to them from from with Deborah there, and then um, another woman is bringing a shower bus in in um, January. So it should be um, pretty stable from now on. So yeah. It sounds like a one-stop shop, which is rare in communities, is that right? Yeah, because it's all by community, for community. I mean, I just started this by going down to a picnic table and started giving people food. Like, we don't, there's no money coming in, we don't have grants, we're not a non-profit. It's literally people who actually care trying to do something to show love. Thanks, so. and why have you come down to this vigil today? I saw it on Facebook and I was like, man, I'm going to come check it out, whatever, get more involved, like meet other people who are doing sort of similar stuff and have same ideas. So, And I, I was very angry about the, um, the person wanting to shut down the, the needle centre. Like, I was pretty nuts. <laughs> but yeah, now, now feeling good. That person's insane. Like, I don't understand how they think that taking away a service like that is going to do any good for anyone. It's just going to go back on the streets. And the people who are injecting in the first place are chronically traumatised, chronically so what about public housing? Have you ever had public housing? Would it make a difference to your life? What are your views on it? Mine, me trying to access that was a nightmare. They said it would just take forever. Um, I didn't have anyone to help me fill out the forms. And at the time, I was experiencing this stress where it's like my central nervous system was highly activated. My brain couldn't really think. So I was having like crazy ideas about what to do with myself. And there was no one to sit down with me and help me go through all that stuff. So then I went a bit of a harder way, but, but, and I went through private housing. But I got screwed over because I paid one month's bond, two weeks' rent, and then I had to come up with another month's rent two weeks later. And I called up the Glenroy Housing to ask them for $45, otherwise I couldn't pay my rent. And they said to me, um, oh, you have to have all the forms from the real estate. But because i just moved in, I hadn't had the real estate put me on the lease yet and they said oh we aren't giving you any paperwork to say that you're even paying any rent here so I was stuck in this like $45 nightmare you know like I can't pay my rent because of this and they're both saying no so 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 then I then, then, then I, I I sat outside Woolworths with my paintings begging for money to sell my paintings a, a pretty a pretty absurd uh, story uh, you told me about a few months ago and come in a bit nice and snug to me. Uh, let's get personal. Um, uh, when you were homeless up in Sydney, you were talking about what it's like getting kind of farmed out to these emergency accommodation places and, and rooming houses that are in far-flung suburbs. Can you remember talking about that? So, so I would be like, it would be one day and I'd been awake for days and mentally unwell and extremely traumatised and then I'd have two phones, half one charged, half not charged and one, one with no credit and then they'd call me and say, you have to get yourself to this place which was like a two and a half hour bus ride away. I was out of my mind. You have to get it by six o'clock and then you have to, it's a lock-in. And I was just like, this is the most unreasonable thing to expect of someone who's nuts with the bipolar and traumatised. Like, it was, it was, it was unrealistic. And it, and it led to me, like, continuously going through terrible situations because, you know, I, I couldn't find stable accommodation. And it was so hard because so many people kept saying, we'll help you, we'll help you. And then they just molested me. So then I became more mentally unwell and all my shit kept getting stolen. And by the end of the six-month period, it took me three years to recover. And my final point of anger was when I walked up the street half-naked holding a sign saying, homeless are humans too, because we are fucking humans too. 
Good on you, Sarah. <laughs> She's happy she got some things off her chest there. Daz, would you like to come up, say a few words? Yes. I'm dear old Daz. I'm a member of Toscano's Commandos. We are here. <laughs> we are here under the love and guidance of our glorious leader, General Blood and Guts Toscano. We have successfully occupied Parliament House, sort of a bit, and we intend to continue this occupation for as long as it takes, or, or until Saturday. And, and, but we need your help. If as many people can come down here as possible, especially late at night and early in the morning, because that's when uh, things get the toughest and people tend to drift away at these difficult times. With, yeah, good on you, Tony. So, so come down here, people, and see all your favourite activists and radio stars and generally support us. We love you all. Thank you. <laughs> love you too, Des. Now, Spike, um, we have a, a nice young lady who's come along to support the action. I want to bring her up to the microphone. It's you. It's you. I'm looking at you. <laughs> but I don't know her name. Um, so do you want to um, speak with her and ask her why she's come and that kind of stuff? Okay. Hi. 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 What's your name? What's your name? My name's Claire. How are you going? Good, thanks. Um, I'm here today because I care about public housing. I've been listening to 3CR for a couple of years and I think this is a really important issue. I understand that if public housing is lost, then we're in a really terrible situation, even worse than we are now. So have you had any lived experience of homelessness? Um, I don't know, but I, have, um, I know people who have. So what, what, your awareness comes from? Um, from listening to other people's stories. I've listened to Ruminations and um, Joe's show as well. And yeah, I just, I'm interested in learning about the community around me and other people's experiences. Have you spoken to anyone else, like your friends or any other members of your community, about public housing? Is it something that you know, you've discussed with other people? Um, no, it isn't. It's something I'm still learning about and only recently kind of become aware of what? The, Just... the issues with it being sold off. And yeah, so that, um, that has introduced me to public housing and the issues and made me passionate about helping in whatever way I can to save it. So hey, you've been, how long you been here? Is this a, have you just been coming this morning? Yeah, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I think this is great and I think more people should come down. So invite, invite them. Um, please come down, this is really important, we need more people here. Thanks, thanks Claire, cheers, no worries. Okay, we've got another content, okay, what is it? Spike, this event is called Be Like Gaz. Everybody, this event on Facebook is called Be Like Gaz, and this is Gaz, because Gaz has been here every day, and he's a legend. Give it up for Gaz. Um, so, yeah, tell us a bit about who you are and why, uh, what's your involvement in this vigil and why you've come down, why it's important to you. Yeah, well, um, let's see. It's, it's been... It, Mainly the support. This is Gaz or Grutz. People have called me Grutz in the past. Anyway, uh, let's see. I, I will. Can you hold? Yeah, and your and your mobile phone's ringing. Uh, let's see. And uh, look, to total support for Joe Toscano's public housing is everybody's business, um, and um, it's it, it's important to give the support. And look, it's been going for it's going for the ten days in November, uh, and. Look, I'll just put my personal input, and I'll do the. Uh, I'm doing as much as I can, 
And it, look, it's very important for people that we don't need people that are negative and put people down. That in, I hear that sometimes we, uh, they think they have some kind of message to say that people are lower in public housing. They are not. They're people just like you, right? And they need the service that they, that they are seeking. Uh, people like you just hope it never happens to you. That's very important. All right? The services are there to meet, that are needed and not to be cut off. But people, that, 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 the powers that be. So thank you. Look, I'm here and I'll uh, please have respect for the public housing, for the whole campaign. Have respect for that. It's very important. And powers that be, have respect and don't, look, put, don't put us down. Because we, we have a lot of people that understand and we are not going to take any negatives, the powers that be. Good on you, Gaz. At the moment, we are, we are the powers that be because we're the sitting government. Uh, isn't that correct, Joe? And I'm making my way up the stairs of Parliament because I would like to get Joe on the mic. How are you travelling, fella? Right, look, this has been an extraordinary experience because it's brought people together on an extremely important issue. Now, this is not a campaign, just This is a campaign that involves everybody. Access to public housing is essential. You need to create a strong public sector to compete with the private sector. And if there's no public housing, like there's no public banks, little public education, failing public health standards, no public infrastructure, the list goes on and on, you find corporations dominate that economic activity and squeeze out the maximal income. And when you have governments, like the Andrews-led so-called Labor government, privatising what's left of public housing, you know that something seriously is seriously wrong. Now, the police are on our side. They cannot police this problem. There is no police. Craig was, came here five times. He was taken to a major public hospital five times in the last three days. He needed care. Five times he was discharged. Nothing could be done for him because there's no mental health beds in the public hospitals. There's nowhere that people can go. You walk through the city and I've never seen so many homeless people. And it's not about people who've reached the end of the line. It's ordinary people find themselves. Couples, young couples, old couples, young people, old people. There is no personal solution. You can be as kind as you like to somebody who's homeless and it's not going to make much of a difference as far as the pool is concerned. You can have as many charities as you like providing services and making a buck out of the homeless you know, homeless industry and you're not going to make a difference. You can have as many police as you like and as many laws as you like and as many jails as you like and it's not going to make a difference. This is an election issue. We are having an election in this state on Saturday, two days time. There's been no discussion about public housing, nothing. This visual was to put public housing to the floor. And why? Because if you've got safe, secure, stable accommodation, you decrease crime, you increase social cohesiveness, you decrease rents, 
you decrease property prices and you release hundreds of millions of dollars into the economy for small business to prosper because people are paying 30%, 40%, 50% on rent and mortgage repayments. Think about the damage to the economy. So this campaign helps everybody. $6 billion was raised by this government last in the last financial year from stamp duty. Stamp duty is a tax which is levied by a home. You can't bloody sign the contract and get into your new home unless you're stamp duty. In some cases, tens of thousands of dollars. Six billion dollars. If you quarantine that for public housing, you will get you will, you can house one million Victorians in public housing by 2029. You can get rid of homelessness in one month. You can get rid of ninety five thousand people on the waiting list in one year, and you around state, and you can start next week. We'll be electing 88 members of the Legislative Assembly Saturday, right? All they've got to do is pass a parliamentary bill. This is not about blood in the streets. This is not about us living rough for a short period of time. This is not about revolution. This is about simple human decency. Those people who are elected, if they pass the legislation, what will happen is we will have a great state here where people come before infrastructure, people before railway crossings, people before tunnels, and that's what we need. Thank you. And I feel very strongly about this, and I'll tell you why. I've been a doctor for 43 years, and I've worked 60 hours a week for the last 43 years. And when I started, we could get public housing for our patients, and it made a big difference. Today, they rot on the sidelines because of people like this who abrogate their responsibilities as our representatives in Parliament. They can make a difference within a month by passing the necessary legislation. Thank you very much, Joe. And uh, just a reminder that you are listening to Ruminations PR Homeless Issues Program on 3CR 855 AM and streaming at 3cr.org.au. This is a live broadcast on the steps of Parliament House from 10 days in November, public housing parliamentary vigil. And have we got someone else lined up on the mic, Spike? Sydney thought Sydney was going to come and speak. And Tony, Tony wants to come back. You want to respond to Joe? I think it's really important to highlight what Joe said about um, this isn't an economic issue. The economics stack up. It's not about economics. It's about political will and values. We don't value... We, as a community, it's obviously it hasn't filtered through to our representatives that this is important to us. I, I don't know what the blockage is, is it that the community doesn't care or that the politicians don't care? There's people here that care. This is amazing. Look how many people we have here that care, that have been here for nine days. Eight days in the rain, in the hail, in the sun, yet we have a solution, but they ignore it. What is that telling us about our elected representatives? Well, it's telling us that they don't give a flying whatever, yeah? So we, it's, it's almost as, you know... You feel like telling people, if you see an empty house 
and it's a, and you know it's publicly owned, it should never be empty. We should never have an empty space that belongs to us, the public, in this state. It's a, that's unconscionable because they have a solution and they're ignoring it. They are, they are sorry, they're ignoring it, and it really is that then then the responsibility lies on us, and the people here are showing that they care to make their voices heard. That uh, we're not going to wear it. We're not going to wear their their uh, irresponsibility anymore, because we care. So if they need, if they don't care, they need to go. They need to find another job, maybe work in tourism or I don't know, accountants, do something else. But give that seat to someone who cares, because you know there's been. Uh, uh, research paper after research paper after case study that's collecting dust in libraries throughout this country that have got the solution you know the housing first model works they say 32,000 sorry for spitting your phone $32,000 a person after four years on on emergency services on prisons on mental health services on all that stuff but it's ignored it's it's just blatantly ignored so it tells us something about those are in power. It tells us something about power and what it does to people and what it, what it does to, you know, who are they representing? Are they representing us or are they are representing, you know, 5% of the population that only control everything? That's what we need to remember when we vote. Who, you know, think about it, Victorians, because this is just, it's, as, as, as it says on the banner, this, it's everyone's business. It's not just about me. It's not just about individuals. It's about us as Victorians taking back what is ours. And public housing belongs to all of us. Good on you, Spike. It's not only stamp gets paid. Then there's rates. Every... Quarterly, a rate has to be paid for the pleasure of having to pay for the bloody place. Then you lose it and you got nothing to show for it. It's not good enough for stamp duty. Then what are our bloody rates? And I really liked your call, um, uh, Joe, for Martin Foley to retire early. Let's send him off. Let's send him off into his superannuation heaven. So we can get a bit of a chant going. Retire, Foley, retire. Retire, Foley, retire. Retire, Foley, retire. Retire, Wow, language, language warning. So we've got a few minutes left, and I'd really like uh, someone else to come up to the microphone and share a few words with me, and I'll sit down right here with you because <laughs> that's nice and handy. Um, do you want to tell us who you are? Yeah, my name's Bridget. I'm a social worker. Um, I don't have any lived experience of sleeping rough. Um, I've just got professional experience um, from 10 years of social work, and I'm, I'm just absolutely gobsmacked that there's not been any more public housing built in the last however many years. Um, I've seen thousands and thousands of clients over the years, or people I should say, um, who have come in looking for housing from all walks of life. Um, it can happen to anyone becoming homeless. It really is just um, you know, a, an accident, a disability, a mental health breakdown away, family violence event. But it does all come down to money um, and 
inequities and um, I think and how small the dole is, how small, um, it's, it's just a ridiculous amount. You can't pay for any private rental um, in most of Melbourne on Centrelink wages. Um, you can't pay for them on other wages as well, even if you're working. And we need more public housing. It's, it's just, you can keep, the government can keep funding things like private rental schemes, um, and trying to get people into private rental, and that will work for some people, sure, but we'll, we'll always need public housing, and um, there is too much money gone into services and, like, yeah, jobs like mine that could actually go into just building some public housing, really. Yeah. So we often talk about the, the horror stories and all the negative things around um, people experiencing homelessness. Do you have a, a, good, um, a good example of where you've seen public housing work for someone? Do you get the opportunity to put people in public housing in your work? Yeah, yeah, it has happened before, for sure. Um, uh, I have worked with a lot of people who've got into public housing and, yeah, it's completely changed their life. The whole trajectory of everything they've been able to, everything they've wanted to do in terms of um, employment, community, um, mental health. I mean, they're just, they're living properly. Um, it, it is just a... a um, absolute basic need it's why these housing first models that um other countries do um that yeah it should be it should be brought in here um there should there's so much money that goes into casework and trying to people trying to find houses and stuff like that and it's just um you can't work you can't even work on all the other areas of your life if you're not set up in a home so yeah i don't know if that answers your question it does and thanks so much for coming down and give a big round of applause to bridget So is that a W-class tram we've got going past? Very noisy old rattler. So you've been listening to Ruminations Peer Homeless Issues Program on 3CR 855 AM, streaming at 3cr.org.au, where we've been on the steps of Parliament uh, for 10 days in November, public housing, parliamentary vigil, and we want to encourage people to keep coming down. There's still over 48 hours left. Um, a call out for th more things that are needed. Food. We don't need any food. Do we need dry things? We need bums. We need bums on steps and bums on seats. So we don't... We need people to come down um, and support public housing and homelessness. It's a really big need um, in this state and in this city. How, how proud should we be of everyone that's come down? This is amazing that you know we, that Joe and and every Joe's was it Toscano's commandos um, have come down here for the last you know nine days and and have showed the rest of Victoria what it means how important that this issue is and and putting it on the political map I suppose so you know you should give yourselves a round of applause. Round of applause. Good on you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just, I'm, got, I'm amazed. I think this is fantastic. This should happen all year round, you know. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.